Welcome to the Treble Health Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ben Thompson, audiologist and founder of Treble Health. This podcast is supported by treblehealth.com, the nation's leading telehealth service for tinnitus and hearing loss treatment. Thank you for being here on our podcast and make sure to subscribe to get our newest episodes sent straight to you. Let's get ahead with today's episode. Welcome back to the Tinnitus Relief Podcast. My name is Ben Thompson. Today I'm here with Matt, who is currently in what we call the habituation stage of tinnitus, meaning he's gone through the challenging period of improving his tinnitus, and now 98% of the time, it's not a problem at all in his life. So Matt, tell us about where this all started for you and what was going on in those early days when your tinnitus became most problematic. Yeah. Um, okay. Thanks for having me. So it was about a year ago, pretty much what was happening was I, for as long as I can remember in my life, I would get these little tinnitus spikes and now I know what to call them, but I never knew what to call them before. And they would come and go within an hour. Or, or a lot less normally. But about a year ago, I ended up getting a spike that just didn't want to go. And I had it for probably about a week. And then it kind of went away. But in that week, which was probably the longest spike I ever could remember, I started to really recognize sound a lot more. And I, I'm kind of really big into audio anyway. I, I consider myself like an audiophile person. So I tend to listen in really keenly on things anyway. So when I had that spike, I would try to listen if I still had it. Do I still have it? And when it was gone, gone, I noticed one day when it was really quiet in my house that I could still hear something. And um, it was faint, it was like really quiet. I could hear it. And um, my house is notorious for having issues. <laughs> so when I heard it, I was like, that's weird, because I was sitting with my wife. And I was like, I think I still hear something, but it's a lot more faint than that spike I had. And she said she heard something. I think what she actually ended up hearing was the refrigerator and the long short of it. But because she said she heard something, I actually thought there was something wrong with my house. So I went nuts. And I like, took out all my smoke detectors and everything else. I went crazy. And um, I actually didn't sleep that day because I was, I kept hearing it. Right. And anyone with tinnitus kind of knows you don't just turn it off. And I thought it was something in my house later on that night, my wife said, you know, she doesn't hear it anymore. And I'm like, I still hear it. There's something broken. And that next day I, you know, I was, I didn't sleep. I kept hearing it. I think I kind of slept maybe for like an hour and my dad woke me up and he was like, are you, are you going to work today? Cause they come over to watch my five-year-old. And I was like, what? I still hear the noise. And I actually like went crazy. I, I, I almost like I got sick in the stomach. I, I really went nuts. And so I went to my parents' house to sleep. I still heard it there. And there's that first indicator of like, Oh, <laughs> there's actually something wrong with me. So I, uh, it was really, really rough. I think I had like three weeks and because I put so much attention on it, it got louder and louder. Let's talk about that because when we put more attention on tinnitus itself, we're trying to fix it. We're trying to solve it, which is normal, by the way, that's a normal response. Like you said, if there's something wrong in your house, you try to get to it and fix it. Mm. If there's something wrong in our body, we try to get to it and fix it. But putting the extra attention on tinnitus the stress mm-hmm. and anxiety, the insomnia wrapped around it accidentally yeah. and without us knowing, because it's not obvious, makes the tinnitus louder. So yeah. tell us about the next days. If this was the first 24 hours, and that sounds very rough, yeah, this, this, tell us about yeah, the that next first, few days. 
Yeah. So that, that was the first 24 hours. And then for like three weeks, it just didn't stop, obviously. And it was very loud at that point. Like you said, I just kept thinking about it. And I was like, why? What is this? Why do I have this? Um, I've always had those tinnitus spikes, but I've never had tinnitus. Like I always thought of myself, like, I don't have tinnitus. How, how do I have tinnitus? And uh, I couldn't stop it. And the first thing that helped me was I actually saw your seven day meditation challenge. And I, I never really meditated before, but I was like, I'll try anything. Like, cause I was searching the internet far and wide for answers. And so I, I did it. And I remember after the first meditation, my wife and I did it together. I actually felt a little more relaxed. Like I still obviously heard it, but it didn't, I wasn't quite as aggressive to it. Like I wasn't or scared. So then I did all seven. And after the seventh, I was like, wow, I actually, I wouldn't say it's great, but I feel better. What did that show you? Yeah. What did, what did that? seven day guided breathing and relaxation series. What did that show you about the relationship between your tinnitus and your body and your brain? So it kind of showed me that I can have some control that I didn't think was possible. Cause this is like, it's like an alarm going off in your ears and you can never stop that alarm. And when I would meditate, I found I could obviously hear it. And I actually had to meditate with like background noise with like a very, noise very common and often recommended. Yeah. Yep. And when I would do that at the end of it, I would, I would feel this calm and sort of like this, like appreciation that I can control it in a little bit because I could have swore it sounded like it got a little quieter when I was done. So it's still there, but quieter. So I kept meditating. Um, actually, I ended up using the Headspace app and I use that pretty common or pretty regular these days. Excellent. I want to address that the sense of control is really a pillar of what we perceive and what we may call anxiety, right? If I'm in control mm-hmm. of my situation, then I feel more calm. I feel more clear about it. If I feel that the control is outside of me and me trying my absolute best wouldn't change the outcome, it creates anxiety. So those two mm-hmm. pieces are, are very much linked. And what do we know about anxiety or stress? It can make tinnitus louder. So yeah. anything oh, yeah. we can do to have control is so key. And what what I just, I describe it as it's an indirect pathway to tinnitus. There's no direct knob, volume knob that we can just go in and turn tinnitus down, right? Maybe if no. we had, maybe if we had an electrode, some wire with some brain surgeon going straight into the auditory brain, it's possible that we could adjust the brain cells that way, but it's not really feasible in most cases. And that's not a proven method. So these indirect pathways, stress reduction and getting a sense of control over your tools and your tinnitus is, is a big part of it. So I'm glad that you're sharing your insights for the listeners here. Yeah. And actually, so what ended up happening was I, I found trouble health because the meditations were good. And I thought, well, why not um, see what you guys are about? And I had that 15 minute trial with uh, Dr. Michelle. And she was really helpful within 15 minutes. And I was like, okay, so I figured I'd had to try. So I ended up talking with her quite a bit. It was, I think, weekly for a while. And then we moved to like twice a month. And then we moved to once a month. And then we actually eventually got to once every other month. I think the last session we had, I want to say it was like August or September. And she helped me a lot. But what I noticed is, and it seems like what you guys are so good at, is that you guys help, like you guys help us help ourselves, I guess is the best way I could think of it. Like she gave me so many good tips 
but they were tips that like, I kind of knew, but she would like bring it out, you know, like, and, and teach me like how to, you know, defocus from it. Actually, the first thing she told me was probably one of the best things she told me. She said, stop researching tinnitus. So all I did forever was like, oh, how do you fix this? There's got to be something out here. There's, there's, you know, people have this problem and, and there's got to be something to fix it. And all I did was research. And she said, by researching, it's great, but you're putting more focus on it. And um, by the same, so I stopped doing that. That was one thing that helped a lot. Yeah. And there's broken, there's a point of yeah. diminishing returns, right? Yeah. Having, yeah. having good information is important because originally we, we might just have fear or anxiety. What is this? What can I do? If you find some good information, it can reach a point of diminishing returns where the more you seek information, the worse it ends up being for you because after that point, you're not finding anything that's really helpful. It's just kind of scaring us or like you had said, making our attention more focused on this is a threat. This tinnitus needs to go away now. And, and we're training our brain. It's a very sensitive process there. Yeah. So she told me the only information I should get is from her. And other than our sessions, don't, don't try not to even think about tinnitus, you know? And that was really, really big. Actually, if I was to give like, well, one of many tips, that's like the first one, just like try not to think or research or do anything. I know a lot of people are like me and they, they want to find the answer right away. And the truth is the answer is to forget it. <laughs> like that, at least for me, it was so. But anyway, what I ended up learning over that over the last year, well, I actually ended up learning. I probably had this tinnitus for longer than the year but I never really paid attention to it. So when I was sitting in the quiet and I heard it, I've heard that noise before. And I remember telling my wife, like, it's just normally not this quiet. When I'm, when it's that quiet, I've always heard that for as long as I can remember. And I actually have, I've done obviously hearing tests and I have like asymmetrical hearing. So my left ear is a little weaker than the right, but they're both still in the normal range. And we posited that maybe that has something to do with it. But like another thing I've learned, you, you can't always track exactly where it comes from. Um, so, so what did you find? Then, in, yeah. What did, what did you find in your research? Obviously you found yes. the videos that we have on our YouTube channel and you, you had a one-on-one, -on -one, a series of one-on-one -on -one sessions with a tinnitus yep. expert from Tribal Health. What did you find along the way in terms of good information out there or mm -hmm. really bad information? And also, I'm, I'm curious, how was that experience of going to an in-person doctor and talking about your tinnitus, getting a hearing mm. test? Okay. So what I found, I, actually, I, I call it the, the, the triangle. So one thing I did is the whole time I've been with Treble, I never did group sessions for the reason that I didn't want to think about it outside of my sessions with Dr. Michelle. But I did go to a session a few months ago because I'm at the point now where I don't mind talking about it. I'm here, so I don't mind talking about it. And I told everybody something that helped me is I think of it as a triangle because there's three things I find that help like tremendously. It's stress, it's sleep and sound therapy. So it's those three. And um, what I would do is if, if I didn't sleep well, I knew the tinnitus was going to be louder and it was, it proved it to myself over and over again. And generally that's because if you don't sleep well, you're more stressed. And when you're more stressed, you tend to think more negative thoughts. And I would think about my tinnitus a lot. So those two kind of went hand in hand. The sound therapy bit, though, was sort of like the cure for those two. So if I say I was stressed for other reasons, I couldn't help it, or I couldn't sleep for whatever reason, I found sound therapy to be like the, the absolute key. And to be honest, I still do it, but it might be out of habit. I don't have the uh, like the, the hearing aid kind of things, 
but I ended up getting maskers or ear level. Yeah, devices. right, right. Um, but I ended up getting these things called shocks. They're 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 bone conduction headphones, and they work great because they you can just kind of leave them on your head. And I use the uh, Resound app, and I just have this mix of rain and fire. Kind of, it's like crackling fire with rain. And boy, the first time I heard that, I was like, wow, I like I feel so relaxed and. Dr. Michelle taught me to like keep it at a level that's just a little under so I can still hear the tinnitus. Nowadays, my tinnitus is so quiet that I, I don't even know that level anymore. I just kind of listen to this now because it just relaxes me, I guess. That's excellent. Let's let's talk yeah. about that for a moment. So when we talk about sound therapy, someone might think, oh yeah, I've used an app on my phone. I'm already doing sound therapy. And it's worth mentioning that there's a protocol to follow, which is the best practice of the best possible you know, strategies for sound therapy, selecting specific sounds that mix well with your unique tinnitus. Usually an audiologist is helping you choose those sounds mm-hmm. and fine-tune them, and then deciding what technology am I using to play those sounds. So tinnitus maskers, ear-level devices, those are medical devices for tinnitus. You can't get better than that. That's our top choice. Then there's mm-hmm. more general electronic devices like sound machines, bone conduction headphones, other devices that can be helpful, in my opinion, not as not as good or as you know, effective as the ear level devices, however, still be useful. And then there's very basic smartphone apps, which you can just play from your phone or from speakers around you. So uh, it's a matter of picking the right kinds of sounds, white noise, pink noise, water sounds, crickets, whatever we decide for an individual, and then deciding which technology am I using to actually listen to the sound, how loud is the sound that I'm setting, and how many hours in the average day am I using it? Please make it a if you're listening, make this a priority to use sound therapy every day until yeah. you reach where Matt is now, which is stage four of the four stages of habituation. We can put the image over on the screen right now of the four stages of habituation. Matt, could you explain your understanding here of these four stages? and the time it takes and the work it takes to go through them? Yeah. Well, I remember one and two are very bad. <laughs> no. Um, so like, I don't remember the distinctions between one to two, uh, to be honest, but I would say maybe that first month I was in one where it's like, everything is horrible. Like you're just hearing it all the time. You feel like you have zero control. It's, it's very dire. If I remember right, stage two is you can block it out from time to time. You, you're starting to get a little more comfortable. That's I would correct. say- Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, I would say when I started meditating, I started talking to Dr. Michelle. um, And when I realized what sound therapy is, that's when I started to hit stage two. I think I was in two. I'd say I was in two for a while. Three is like you're you're pretty close, like you get annoyed by the tinnitus from time to time. But for the most part, you can control like your emotions behind it and whatnot. If I remember right, I think two took me maybe three or four months, I want to say. But then um, three was really where it was the longest, like I'd say up until honestly, I I would say I dipped between three and four, even a couple months ago. So like, I've only just gotten to the point where it really, really doesn't bother me. And I would I would say I'm four for like, almost, like I said, like 98% of the time. And I know I can always point to my pyramid. There are those few times where it will just a little bit of annoyance and that's that 2%. That's why I don't like to say a hundred. <laughs> and what I do is I just revert back to the things I learned uh, when it, when it does sneak up on me and it, and it will actually to be totally honest, cause I'm talking about it and I'm in my headphones. 
I hear just a hint of it, but it's not bothering. So that's good. But if it does get to that point where it's just like a little annoying, I'll go right for the sound therapy again. And then it goes away and I I tend to not think about it anymore. And then I'll also make sure I get some good sleep and try to (laughs) de-stress, do some meditation, stuff like that. Yeah. So I think the takeaway there is very consistent with the data that I see, the, the science, the research that I see is that within the first weeks or months, within the first 90 days, following the methods you laid out, it's expected for over two thirds of people, for example, to have significant relief, meaning things are better. So practically speaking, that may mean moving from stage one to stage two of habituation, for example. Mm -hmm. And then there's a long tail of, okay, I'm better. I'm not at the end goal here. I'm not at the destination of where I want to be and where I'm headed, but there's a slow, gradual, ongoing series of improvements that bring us there. So that timeline is unique to the individual. Sometimes it's shorter, sometimes it's longer. There's other factors as to predict why that might be. However, if you're listening, just know that Matt was really struggling at the beginning after (laughs) a a, a relatively short amount of time. He had enough of an improvement that he was feeling better. He had relief. And then he kept with the methods until where he is today. And I think that part is so key because if you got 20% better and then you stopped using sound therapy, stopped having your sessions, just sort of let it be and said, okay, I'm better, but I'm not going to put more attention to it. That might be what most people think is the right thing to do. But what we've educated you on and what you follow it is, hey, keep this going until you're a lot better where you are right now. And, and if you have any other insights, any other tips along that, let us know. I think people would also like to know, how did your volume change? How did your perception of the volume change over this time frame? Yeah, it's quiet now. <laughs> uh, so like I said, if I, I don't, I don't hear it much at all anymore, because I really don't look for it anymore. That's the key in that. Uh, so this was something Dr. Michelle told me, she said, habituation is either going to be you actually don't hear it, like you can look for it, and you actually won't hear it a majority of the time. Or you can hear it, but it's completely neutral and you don't really think about it. I think I'm the second one. I can definitely hear it. If I want to hear it, I can hear it. Like I was saying, I can hear it. But it became, it's so quiet. That level that you're asking about is very low. And I can kind of make it go away if I want by just distracting myself. That's kind of the other part of the triangle. So I was trying to remember distractions and sound therapy are sort of the same thing to me. So I could either distract myself or I could put a little more sound therapy on only. And I only really do that if it's actually bothering me. And like you also said, Dr. Ben, it's like you get to a point where you really have to keep it up. And I still keep it up. Like I still do the sound therapy and I still try to meditate and I still try to like just realize this is okay. This is this is my background noise. Actually, another tip that Dr. Michelle told me was the worst time is at night. And I think a lot of people, the worst times at night, like when you're sleeping, it's very quiet, you're tired. So when you're tired, it tends to get louder. Actually, I found that too, it sloped up throughout the day, like at night was the worst. And early in the day was not bad. Even when I was like stage two earlier in the day, it was not bad. But at night, you're tired. It's quiet. You're trying to go to bed. I'll do my sound therapy on like a Bluetooth speaker. It was so hard at night. And what she told me was when my head is on the pillow, to think of it as a seashell kind of effect. Like think of it as like when you listen to a seashell and you hear the ocean. Think of it like you're listening to your brain kind of process or something, just something that like helps you get there. 
And I legit do that now. Like when I hear it louder, I'm like, yeah, it's a sheet. That's a, that's my seashell and that's okay. And I just try to like make it okay, make everything regular. And it really, really helped me to, to realize like, this is okay. This is my normal and it's not a big deal. And someone might ask, well, what is CBT? What is cognitive behavioral therapy? And what you just shared is an example of one technique of reframing our perspective so that our brain does not automatically react negatively and make the tinnitus Mm -hmm. worse or make our situation into a bigger deal than it has to be. Mm -hmm. And it's a series of little tips and techniques that are customized based on what you're experiencing. So Mm -hmm. totally love that. This video is all about the three keys to tinnitus reduction, the three keys that you've learned, your pyramid. And this is so relatable to anyone else who's listening. Remember everyone, those keys are stress, sleep, and sound therapy. So uh, that's what Matt has learned has helped him the most. If you have one of those areas that you find is the most helpful, let us know in the comments here on YouTube, stress, sleep, or sound therapy. And as always, if, if this podcast episode was insightful or helpful, comment below, helpful. We'll look at that. I know Matt's available to to help answer any questions on YouTube if you guys have any. And if you want uh, one-on-one personalized care for tinnitus, you can find more about our team at treblehealth.com. Matt, I'll give you the last words here. Any last inspiring message for the tinnitus community. Yeah. Well, thanks again for letting me talk. You know what I'll, what I'll say is like, it, that sounds easy. And I, I saw plenty of this when I researched it. And uh, it takes like, it's like, great, thanks. You know, you're telling me what, uh, <laughs> what I've seen, but I, it won't stop. And that was me. That was me for months and um, for quite a long time. But I noticed these gradual improvements as I kept applying, applying, you know, like it bothered me. Okay, keep, keep my stress down, do some meditating, make sure I get enough sleep. And definitely keep using my sound therapy and distract myself. Don't think about it. And it sounded like that's never going to work. But I, as I noticed like very small improvements, I just kept it up. And I'd say like now I'm at a point where I'm super happy. I kept up those three things. And that's why I keep telling everybody it's those three things that got me there. Just making, make it normal, make it, make it regular. Like we were just saying, and use those three methods over and over again and keep going. Cause you'll eventually get there. You just have to keep going. Cause what else are you going to do? You, you hear it anyway, you might as well try and keep going. And um, I'm at a point where I'm much more comfortable with it now. So Matt you're, Matt, you're amazing. Very grateful you decided to share your story and hope to have you back sometime in the future for another update on how things are going. Sure. Sure thing. That sounds right. great. Thanks everyone for listening. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. This is your host, Dr. Ben Thompson. If you have two minutes, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a five-star review on the Apple podcast platform for the Treble Health podcast. Thank you for your time. And if you need any services for tinnitus or hearing aids, please head over to treblehealth.com and our team of expert audiologists will be able to help you via telehealth. Have a great one and see you soon.